0: Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast.
2: Good morning, Heartway. Good morning. <laughs> I know we're having a good time, but I'd actually like to Lower the vibe a little bit now. (laughs) I'd like to challenge you to consider something before we start centering prayer this morning. How many of us have heard that story about Jesus on the boat with the disciples when it started storming and he went to sleep? They were losing their minds and they're looking for Jesus and they're like, Jesus, Jesus wake up it's storming we're gonna we're gonna die and Jesus was sleeping now when we consider this it seems crazy to us to be able to embody that type of stability amidst a storm so much so that we could go to sleep and so we think oh, okay that happened because that's Jesus Jesus could do that but he's actually showing us, he's serving as a paradigm to say, hey, look at this, genius leaves clues and I'm trying to show you a clue about what's available to you. And what's important for us to understand is, we think that that's such a crazy concept because we believe that Jesus started resting when the storm came. Whereas in actuality, Jesus was already in a state of rest. He lived in it. So when the storm came, the preparation within his body was already there. And so I just challenge you to really think about what it is we're doing here. When we engage in the opportunity that God is giving us to enter into this space, We're developing the rest, the inner stability, so that we could not just go to sleep during a storm, but so that we could be at rest when the sun is out. Can you live in a state where your soul is at rest? Whether you're on the job, whether you're at home, whether you're playing with the kids, rest, rest. Like an underlying layer of grace over your life. That's the intention behind this. And so it is within that state that I invite you, to find a comfortable position. You may close your eyes. You continue to breathe and focus your full attention on your breath. Know that you don't have to search for peace. As you breathe, as you observe the air filling your lungs and then slowly exiting them, trust that peace will find you because God said that he would give you rest. Yourself the freedom to let go of all responsibilities. You're not just allowed to, God is inviting you. that may appear, merely observe them. Just like the waves moving over the water, they are no threat to you. Free to rest. Allow your muscles to loosen. your shoulders. Observe if there's any tension in your body. you're getting just a little bit looser. a safety net of grace beneath you. Let it all go. passeth all understanding. Because regardless of what you stand under, this peace is there. kissing your skin gently massaging your heart kissing your cheek Is it comfy? What sensations come to mind when you think about being held by God's love? We're going to take a big communal breath as one body. As we inhale, we'll breathe in all this peace and grace and love. And as we exhale, Breathe out every single weight that doth so easily beset you. Awareness back into your body slowly, into your fingers, your arms, your torso, your legs, and in your own time, open your eyes. We love you and we thank you, Haraway family. Thank you.
1: Good morning, everyone. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> well, I hope everyone is feeling well. I'm so excited to be sharing this message with you all. So, the message for today is uh, Becoming the Lotus. So we're all going to stand up and go into some yoga postures. Are we ready? (laughs) You know, I actually messaged a friend of mine, and I was like, hey, I'm going to be teaching on Sunday. She's like, what do you mean by teaching? And I think she thought that I was going to be teaching yoga, but really (laughs) she ended up coming, which is awesome. But it's sharing this message, and, you know, I want to start off with showing you the illustration of the lotus. So I have this video that we're gonna play. And just take a moment if we can turn the lights off. So as you notice, the lotus opens and closes, right? And what do we know about the lotus? The lotus comes from the muck. So the definition of the muck here, we have in the next slide, is dirt, rubbish, or waste and matter? So we have this beautiful fragrant flower that comes from this rubbish, this waste, this matter, that's what it's defined as. And we see such a beautiful flower come out of something that is considered or symbolized as a lot of suffering. And we think, how could something so beautiful come from waste, come from dirt, from the rubbish? Those of you that have seen the lotus or know the symbolizations of the lotus, it has so many different faculties to it. So it begins as it grows. The lotus actually drops millions of seeds within, right, into this water. But not all of them grow into this lotus. And why is that? Why is it that some grow into themselves and some don't? You see, the lotus, it only arises into the sun. So when it becomes dark, it closes and comes right back down. But it finds the light. And the light to many of us, especially us sitting here, is God. God's light, right? It wakes up to itself. But then there are some that never wake up, that never go into that light, that don't see themselves fully. And then it's interesting that once it becomes dark, the lotus closes itself right back up and then goes back into the water. You see the petals are keeping something very safe within. It's protecting its inner self, its inner being, the core of the flower. And so you can think of the core of the flower as the soul within you. Just because you live or experience the muck, does that mean that your soul is also tainted within the muck? I hope you say no. (laughs) You guys are looking at me like, I don't know, right? But it brings itself back in, and then when it comes back up into the light, into God's light, into his love and his embrace, it opens back up, and the core is untainted. It's unsullied. But now, how does this happen? How do we become the lotus? You see, the the soul of the flower, let's say, the core of it. In the Hindu traditions, they call the lotus Parma. And it is the part of the soul that drives people towards their spiritual enlightenment through all struggle. And I love that it has that interpretation to it because that's what our inner soul has within us. It has this inner drive, this want to bloom into the sun, to come out of the muck unsullied, to recognize itself. But the problem is most of us don't know who we truly are, don't recognize the truth within ourselves. Instead, we recognize only the petals that sometimes do get dirtied by the muck or that have to live within the muck. Rather, understanding that actually who we are is the inner core of the lotus, right? And so you can't really experience life fully until you understand who you really are at your center, at your core, and this connection is completely connected with God's love and his energy within you. And so what happens? First, we are rooted in the muck. And let's just give this symbolization as a material world. Right? The world that we live in. And what is that? That's the responsibilities that we hold. That's the jobs that we have. That's even the personality that we are. We are so attached to the personality of who we are, right? I'm a yogi. That's who I am. No, I mean, I, I love yoga and I love practicing this way, but that's not all that I am or really all truly who I am. A lot of us are mothers in here, and that's one of the greatest roles to be a parent, but that's not who. You are, that's what you do, and that's what you've done to be able to create, right? And then some of us get so caught up in what we haven't done, right? Oh, I still haven't done this. I'm at this age, and I still haven't accomplished this. I'm 30 years old, and I have no kids. My grandma's very upset. (laughs) She bothers talent all the time. What's going on? Right? Right? And then we think, oh, because I haven't done this or I haven't done that, then, oh, we aren't who we truly are at our center. So that's the grounding, the root of the flower. But then it resurfaces again because the light is there. You see, in the yogic practice, and I try to teach this all the time, it's a journey that we follow throughout the entire practice. At the end of practice, there's this part called shavasana, which is our final relaxation pose, or if you want to translate, it's called corpse pose, because we die. And my students, they all laugh and say, when is shavasana, is it shavasana time yet? And we just started, it's like five minutes in. I'm like, dude, you just got here. But the truth is, shavasana is all the time. Meditation is all the time. The stillness, the peace can be whenever you want. My students laugh sometimes because I get so into my practice that I'll forget my left or my right or what the hand means because I'm, so, I'm in such a meditative state. But the beauty of this rebirth of Shavasana, right, of this new beginning or this death, I should say, is that there is a new beginning. And that's what God and Jesus' resurrection is. It's a new beginning. Every day you have the opportunity to begin again. If you haven't accomplished whatever it is you wanted to accomplish, it's a new day. If you are not who you wanted to be yet, there's another day. But how do we recognize this until we recognize our true self? the core, the soul within each and every one of us. You see, until we truly understand who we are, I'll be frank with you, I don't think you can really fulfill or truly grow and evolve into this being that you're supposed to be. And why is that? Because until you know in your soul, in your core, that you have the same creative power and energy that God has, then you still have limitations on your life. There are still limitations within yourself. You see, we say we want things. We say we want to accomplish things, but then we doubt ourselves. We say, oh, I want to be Let's just say an actress. I want to be an incredible actress. Oh, but that's too big of a dream. You know, we downplay ourselves, and then what happens? We tell the universe, I want it, but I don't really want it because we doubt ourselves. What if you truly were to believe in your soul and your core fully that you wanted to do whatever you wanted to do or become whoever you wanted to become? And you see, our dreams and our desires come and go. That's the cool part about life. We change, we grow. If you asked yourself five years ago what you wanted and who you wanted to become, and you ask yourself that same question now, I doubt that some of you would have the same answer. Some may, but most of us probably don't. You know, Cliff asked me if two years ago would I have thought that I would be standing up here speaking? I think my soul knew, but my mind still didn't know. It still doubted. It still didn't believe that I could truly stand up here and share, that I could be a teacher, or that I could share something from my own experience. But it was through every new beginning, every time that I was able to come out of the muck into the light, that God spoke to me more and more. And through this, there's clarity. You see, we have to practice what we believe. Whatever you believe, and I'm saying whatever, practice it. And then find out for yourself if it's true. We tell you every day or every Sunday here, love is the way. That's what we teach you here, that love is the way. But we don't only talk about it. We practice it every day. So for us, those of us who call Heartway home, it is true. We have experienced God's love because we practice God's love. And the best way to practice that is by understanding and recognizing that love within ourselves. There we go. You guys got it already. (laughs) Right? It's through that inner knowing. And then what happens? The magic of this world. And that is that what we believe in our mind and in our soul becomes our reality. And then we see everything through this new lens. We experience life through this love. That's where the awakening comes. This enlightenment. You see, There is a duality in life, and this duality is very difficult for most of us to understand, to comprehend, to accept. I think that's the big one, is to accept. And that's that life has suffering. And life has joy. Without one, there is not the other. How can you know joy if you had not experienced some suffering? How can you get through the suffering had you not experienced or known the joy or the love of God? It is through our experiences that we find strong faith, strong understanding. We build this foundation. But it's with God's glory, God's grace. And he puts us through all of this. Sometimes, though, we go through things that are just a little too much to bear. And we ask ourselves, why? Why us? Why me, God? I'm such a faithful child of yours. Why? And that's the question that we have to let go of, is the why. The why is not going to answer or give you the the answer that you want. It is through the acceptance and the trust and knowing that God is in our corner, that he is working in our favor, that we are just experiencing life. So we no longer have to say, is this suffering? Is this joy? Or is this just an experience? You see, we are the ones that put meaning to things. And we only put meaning with what we Well, the capacity of our understanding, really, what we've experienced thus far. But how do you know that your greatest suffering, your biggest downfall, won't be your greatest blessing? How do you know you don't know? But if you get stuck on the why, 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 you'll miss the lesson, you'll miss the growth, you'll miss that opportunity to bloom again. To open up like the lotus and become truly the core of the flower, the soul. That's where the peace and love comes in. That's where the enlightenment is that release of our attachments and our need to know the why. So, I have shared before here my suffering. Right, like my deepest moment. And I have a very special person that I want to bring up to share their story. And this person is truly a man of God. I know and love him very dearly. And I hope that you all will now know and love him just as much. Mr. Talon Washington, please come up here.
0: How are we doing, everybody? Good, <laughs> yeah, good,
1: good. That. All right. Welcome. Thank surprise, you. surprise number two, my handsome man. <laughs> you see, it's funny. That's not his love language. I can tell him he's handsome all the time. He's like, oh, okay. Me, I'm like, Thank oh. you, thank you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I love it. Now, but um, I brought Talon up here because some of you all you see I see the ladies back there they're like yeah <laughs> uh, so I don't know if you all know about two years ago Talon and I were in a pretty um, pretty bad accident and you know I have wanted to share this story with you all because it is such a testimony of God in our lives but it's not really my story to tell and I think it's so important to honor those people who experience things and to hear it from their, you know, from their own self. So Talon, why don't you share with us uh, that experience?
0: Thank you. So, like she said, about two years ago, um, we went on a little trip, a little friends family trip to out to Arizona in July. And we we're on our second day of vacation. And just to paint a picture, we're out in the middle of nowhere. All right? So where the night before, we go outside, we look up at the sky. My dream is just to look at the stars. I love the stars. Out in Arizona, has anybody heard of Happy Jack Arizona? Uh, that wasn't a lot of yeses. So this is the painted picture. This is in the middle of nowhere, but it's beautiful. And we're outside in the middle of the night, just looking up at the stars, and you're just like, wow, this is amazing. We don't get the blessing of that here in Florida. We got all this light pollution, so we get to miss out on it. But I just love looking at the stars, and that was honestly my first time seeing the Milky Way galaxy. And so that was very eye-opening just to see the Milky Way galaxy and just be like, wow, this is God. So fast forward, we go to sleep, wake up the next day, we have a whole day planned. Um, My friend, he has Jeeps, he has a doom buggy. We're all like, all right, we're going to take the Jeep, we're going to take the Jeep, you're going to take the doom buggy. We're gonna go out to lakes. So we're driving up the mountains, through the mountains, having a good time. We get to the lake. The lake is dry. (laughs) We're like, oh, okay, this is what we got. (laughs) So we try to like jump in the lake. It's little, we try to have fun. Then a storm comes and we're like, okay, we gotta go. So it was my turn to drive the dune buggy. And so we're having fun. They're like, oh, just have fun. Drive it as fast as you want, go crazy and we're having fun. Good, good old time, just like you want. And then like all right, let's head back up the trail. So we're driving back up the trail. The storm's behind us, but we have some time. And I'm just driving not nothing too crazy and going in and out. Then next thing you know, just making a slight little turn, it flips over. As it flips over, momentum carries my arm out and probably God, I was probably like, God, I'm going to push this thing back over. <laughs> I'm testing That's God's face. Superhero thing. <laughs> man over here. <laughs> um, but as my arm went out, it got crushed completely. And we just flipped over, rolled over. And as soon as we like stopped and we rolled, I was just like, is everybody okay? I looked at my arm for a quick glance. I knew something happened, but I just had to make sure everybody was okay. And then... Next thing you know, I hear a scream from Gabby. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so we're this is real. All right. Cause you know at first you're like, I oh, may, it's not that bad. Then Gabby looks over at me, she screams, and I was like, okay, this is real. So we have two other friends in the back of us, so it's a four-seater. They hop out, everybody gets around me and helps me down. So I look down at my arm and I'm like, okay, God, this is real. I gotta snap into it. This is life or death right now. And I don't know if anybody's ever been in a serious situation like that, but it's literally fight or flight. And as you're watching your body leak, I don't mean to be gruesome, but leak blood gushing out, that is a scary sight. And it's not just like a little drip, you get a bloody nose, it's it's coming. So people are, we're worried. We're like, okay, we got to figure something out. And mind you, we're in Happy Jack, Arizona.
1: Um, No service, no anything.
0: Nothing. So... My friends are driving, trailing behind us in the Jeep. They see, like, kind of smoke coming around. They, like, hop out. What happened? What happened? They see my arm. Very blessed. One of my friends is a a firefighter, and his girlfriend's a nurse. So they know exactly what to do. They're like, come here, lay on the ground. My friend rips his shirt, ties my arm up. I still have a scar from the tourniquet that he made. And and that's very painful. That's
1: what saved his life there.
0: Saved my life. So they lay me down. We're laying on the floor, and... You can imagine the pain i'm going through but i have to snap out of it because i can't let the pain take over so therefore laying on the ground they're running around all right we have no service i hear that in the background like we have no service we can't call anybody and i was like let's get in the jeep and drive down they're like no because if anything happens while we're driving and bumping it could be bad so finally after like what 15 minutes
1: yeah, I think it was about, no, it may have been a little longer, I, I don't know. All I was doing was, we're going to breathe in and out, and he's just like, baby, because
0: uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to
1: do. I was just like, baby, we're, we're praying, and I'm like, we're going to breathe, and then out of nowhere, this m- random guy comes by.
0: Yes, a random guy just comes by and says, what happened? I see the dune buggy over there, and he's like, you guys need anything? And I'm just laying on the ground um, next to the car, like, Trying to kind of stay under the jeep because it's hot out there. It's Arizona, so the sun's beaming down on me. And this guy, he comes, he's like, "You guys need anything?" Pulls out a tarp. Don't know where, he, why he had a tarp, but he pulls out a tarp. Everybody holds the tarp over my head, and then he's—it's
1: a- not just a tarp; it's one. They—it's a refl- like to reflect the sun away from him yes. to keep him cool because I'm talking about 115, 30 degrees, like an oven <laughs> out there.
0: Yes, yeah, so <laughs> I'm just laying there zoned out. Um, they're checking on me, making sure my vitals are okay. And then they finally say, we got through. Um, but they can't airlift you because of the storms on the side of the mountains. So they're not gonna put, bring a helicopter in there. So you have to wait for the paramedics to come up. And so the paramedics have to drive all the way up the mountain, come get me. They finally get there. They're like, oh, you good, you good. They put a real tourniquet on me. That was very painful, um, crushing your muscles and the, your bones and your arm, just to stop the blood. So oh, I get in the ambulance, they take me down, Gabby's there with me, my friend's there with me, bumpy ride down, the IV's bouncing all over the place, smacks Gabby in the face, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so literally. it's a little crazy. <laughs> um, we finally get down to the mountain, get down to the bottom of the mountain, and then they airlift me to the hospital. And as I'm, like the whole way there, I'm like, all right, What's happening? What's going on? And I'm like, I would joke with my friend. like I was like, am I gonna die? Because my friend, he's seen stuff like this before. And I was like, am I gonna die? He said, you're gonna have a really cool prosthetic. And I was like, all right, that's cool. <laughs> but in all reality, when I asked that question, I was okay with dying. As crazy as that may sound, I was at peace with life and I didn't care. I honestly was worried about the people around me because I was like, they're suffering now. They have to see this. They have to go through this. And I was worried for them more than worried for myself. And it wasn't until I got to that acceptance that I was able to move forward. And I was able to not have to worry about why is this happening to me? Why is this going on? Why is that going on? But just let God take over. And honestly, he's the only reason why I was able to get through the pain, because it was painful. Um, so I get down to the bottom of the um, mountain. They airlift me to the hospital. Mind you, this is two hours after the accident. So this whole process has taken two hours. I haven't seen a doctor or anything, because the paramedics were volunteer paramedics. Um, but they did a great job. My friend was there to help him out, and I'm very blessed. So I get to the hospital, they roll me in there, they had to call all the specialists in. Some doctors were running a little late and I I saw doctor after doctor come in. They're like, all right, can you do this? Can you do that? I'm like, I can't do anything, you see my arm. (laughs) And um, the one neurosurgeon comes in and he just looks at me. He's like, it's not looking good. And I said, all right, I understand that. He's like, I'm gonna undo your tourniquet. And he undid it. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he tied it back up. He's like, we're probably gonna have to cut your arm off. And I was like, do what you gotta do, but do everything you can to save it. And I looked at him with faith and I think he saw it and he looked back at me and he said, we will. And I think the easiest thing for him to do in that moment, people always tell me, is just to chop it off. For the doctors, they can just chop it off. It's easier path to recovery. People don't necessarily have good recovery after that. But I said, God, if you give me an opportunity, I will work with this. And I woke up the next morning, looked at my arm, said, it's there. But I can't feel anything. (laughs) I can't feel a thing. Try to move my fingers. Doctors come in, can you move anything? No. So that happens. I have four surgeries in one week and i find out that i lost six centimeters of bone in my radio radio bone and radius so they had to do four surgeries i had external fixations i had skin grafts they had to take skin from my thigh place it on top of my arm and after all these surgeries we ended up staying out in arizona for a couple more weeks um we had to just get away from everything we ended up staying in a place called Mun's park beautiful relaxing, and we'd go back and visit the doctors just to check up. And as I would go back and visit these doctors, some of them were like, um, you'll probably just have a uh, hook. a hook. You maybe be will just like hold grocery bags or- Yeah, they you may- literally
1: would tell him that. Oh, he's just gonna hold your purse. So hold your <laughs> grocery bags. And we're looking at him like, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so I'm hearing all this stuff and I'm being positive and That's one thing I would just kept trying to do while I was in the hospital was just be positive and try to just be a light around people during this time. Because I know it's easy to just want to give in and be like, this shouldn't be happening to me. Why me, this, that. But I didn't have time for that. Things happen to everybody. You have to accept what happens and work with what God gives you. Because God can take you through anything. So a couple of doctors are telling me, you never know what's going to happen. Maybe next week we may have to cut it off. All realistic stuff. And I understand that. You never know the infection because there was a lot of debris. To this day, I still have some rocks in there. <laughs> so they, can't, they don't want to go in there and take it all out because it can cause infection. But it's through the faith I had that I was able to step through and really pu- push through it. And it wasn't until probably one of the last doctors we saw that me and Gabby were like, we like you. (laughs) Because she's like, I saw you get rolled in here the first day. And she said, by now, I would've thought you would've had a nub. But she's like, you're a miracle walking. And she's like, "Don't don't listen to what we doctors say. She's like, yes, we have a degree and stuff, but there's something beyond science. And she's like, trust in that. And then I was like, me and Gabby were like, we got you. We got you, man. <laughs> So So um, we come home after being out there for three weeks. Love, support, family, people here, a heart wave, people at my job, my friends, family. Everybody reached out. Very blessed for everyone that was involved and everybody that sent out their prayers for me. Um, but when we got home, it got real. That's when we're like, all right, we're past all that. Now we're home. How does this work? Gabby has. Gabby I have a job, Gabby has a job, she has to take care of me. I'm in pain all the time. I'm not trying to be miserable, make her life miserable. And to be honest, for the first two and a half, three months, I couldn't sleep through the night. I was just going through so much pain. I would be up until seven o'clock in the morning. When the sun rises, that's when I'd go to sleep because my body just couldn't fight it anymore. And I had to just really surrender. And I'd get, only get like three, four hours of sleep a day, because I can't sleep. She knows me. I, I'm the worst sleeper in the world, and if the lights out, it's hard for me to sleep. Um, but I had to really trust and accept that every step along the way, I was going to get through it. Because not only did I have pain, I had no movement in my arm. So every day I'm looking down at my arm like, all right, when are we going to move? When are we gonna move? I'm sitting there like, all right, you going you got it, you got it today. Some days were easier, some days were harder. But when you're able to just fully believe, like I'm keep saying, believe. Like I, I always tell people, you gotta believe, and not just like say, oh, I believe. You gotta believe, uh-huh. and like mm-hmm. believe it from the bottom of your heart that is gonna happen. Because when you look at your hand or you look at something that is not moving, that you're normally using on a daily basis. I work at a gym, I lift up weights all the time, I run, I do all this stuff. I couldn't do any of that. When you look at something and it's not working the way you thought it should work, the only thing you can do is just trust and believe in it because that is what got me to it. And after two months of not being able to move my hand, finally one day it flickered. I was I was happy. But, you know, Gabby always says, you don't celebrate. <laughs> I don't really celebrate. I was happy inside. I was like, look, baby, my finger flicked, and that was it. <laughs> I, was, I
1: was crying. I was crying. I'm like, oh, my gosh, thank you, Lord.
0: Because in my mind, and I'm not the best at this, but in my mind, I know there's a bigger picture behind it all. And the fact that I saw that flicker, I said, thank you, God. That's the first step. We're going to keep on going. Then the next thing you know, I went to PT. I showed my physical therapist. He was like, We're good. That's all we gotta do. We gotta get the flicker. Got the flicker the next month. I was picking up something with just my finger, two fingers, my um, index and thumb. Then after that, I was doing different tasks. And along the way, I just kept trusting and trusting and growing through the pain and understanding that the end result is gonna be beautiful as long as I fight through the pain. And along the way, I have been a blessing to show others that believing is worth it. Because there's been people that have been around me that were like, all right, you're a positive dude, but we'll see, we'll see. I'm like, you're gonna see. And, And I have been able to be a blessing and show them like, you can do this too. Because it's not that I'm special. I'm not special. God within me makes it special. I'm just I tell people, I'm just a regular guy. I'm just a regular guy, but every one of us, if we tap into it, if we trust in and lean on God, you are special just like that. And you can conquer anything you go through. And as long as you believe it. And you have to have action behind your faith. Faith without action is dead. Faith without action is dead. If you don't truly believe it, you will not make action behind it. You can say it, but you really won't make action behind it.
1: (laughs) And you know, the beautiful part of witnessing this whole experience was the way that he handled it and the way that he handled his experience through the surrender. You know, he could have easily done the why me Oh, no. And Talon is such a modest and humble man, but I'm going to boast about you for a little bit. He is how many All-American? He's not know too much about the sports. Uh, Two-time. Two-time All-American runner. Before we went on this trip, he was training for the Olympics. This man is fast. He is not just a normal athlete. He is one of those freak athletes that you see. Like, he is great right? And to be an athlete at that level, to be able to really do something that God blessed you with, because when we have a gift, it's a blessing from God. And then you're like, well, how could you take it away from me, God? You gave me this gift. I was working towards this gift, and now you took it away. But Talon never saw it that way. You know, through him, I have grown, because I never thought that I would experience something like that or witness someone so loving. When he told you in the beginning of the story that we flipped over, I'm talking about flipped over, like we were hanging, he looked at his arm. I still didn't know what was going on. He stopped and said, are you okay, are you okay, are you okay, knowing that this man's arm is basically severed, I wasn't gonna do that. I would be screaming my head off and crying and like freaking out, that's the kind of realization and actualization that he has within himself, that he knows the God in him, right? So there was no moment to have to worry about, why me? No, it was, it's the God in me that's going to get through this. And you mentioned something to me earlier today that I don't want us to forget to mention, which is you said you wanted to challenge God through this.
0: Yeah. So I'm a little... A little crazy sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> He's a um, true mystic. <laughs> on my path of spirituality and understanding who God is, we, we hear of all these miraculous stories and stuff, and we're like, all right, how powerful, how mighty, how impossible are things if you trust him to God? Because we all say with God, nothing's impossible. And I've always said, God, you're gonna show me one day, but I don't know how. Um, I might have asked at the wrong time. (laughs) But he definitely showed me. And honestly, the moment the accident happened, I said, this is it, this is it. And that's why I also was able to recognize it. And I think it was the right timing too, because if this would have happened five years before, 10 years before, I probably wouldn't have been, I probably wouldn't have reacted the way I did. But the fact that I was willing to say, I'm going to test you, God. I'm going to see, you you always say you're going to test us. I'm going to test you. God doesn't have a problem with you testing him. Trust me. Because he's going to be like, all right, I'm going to test you. But I'm also going to show you how I can push you through this, how I can get you through this and show you how great we can be because he's with us. He's within all of us. And... It's just a beautiful thing to be able to be like, God, what are you capable of? And you really follow through with it. And to like, I have range of motion in my hand, wrist, function. Yeah, tell
1: them what you can do now. I can, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can do so much.
0: <laughs> um, I'm very blessed. I can move all my fingers, um, motion in my wrist. Um, I'm able to lift upper body now. I'm able to do a lot of different functional things. And to the average person, they're like, wow. If they saw me from when I first started, they're like, wow, you've come a long ways. That's great, like, you did it, you've done it. I'm like, no, I didn't do it yet, because I want it all back. And I've said that from the beginning, is like, I want it all back. I'm not just going for, just to to be able to function. I'm grateful, if that's all God gives me, I am grateful for it. But I do know that if I keep pushing, God will let me get to where I want to be. And I have to keep trusting it. And it's not an easy journey. It's about to be two years coming up in July. And most people will be like, two years, whoa. That's a long time of work. But it's not when you have God and you have fun along the way. Because you get to learn, you get to grow, you get to share with others. And we have to change our perspective of how we're going to look at life. Because life is meant to be enjoyed, even though we go through pain and we go through suffering. Because through that, that's the only way we grow. And through growth, that's how we we reach others. That's how we reach new limits. And it's just a beautiful thing. Very thankful for it.
1: Amen. Thank you, Mm baby. So proud. Thank you. You see, I wouldn't have said it as, as good as the person who actually is experiencing that you know, we are all born with the seed of the kingdom within us. If we know how to plant the seed in the soil of our daily lives, it will grow and become a large bush on which birds can take refuge. We do not have to die to arrive at the gates of heaven. In fact, we have to be truly alive. The practice is to touch life so deeply that the kingdom of God becomes a reality. This is a Nhat Hanh that said this. You see, it's about really embracing the truth within yourself by recognizing who you really are. And all of us can do that. We get so caught up in the mock, in the suffering, that we can't see past, and then we're not able to really see that light that God has for us. You know the Sutra... With no mud, there can be no lotus. Who are you without the experiences you've gone through? The good, the bad, the beautiful, the ugly, the difficult, the ups, the downs, the love and the loss. Who would you be without all of that? And some of us walk around still unawakened, to ourselves, because we get caught up in the suffering, in the life, in those ups and those downs that we cannot see the truth within ourselves. So unfortunately, we don't wake up to the light. But there's always another day to bloom, to come back to ourselves, to come back to God's love. And, you know, I think it's very important to also mention that when we recognize this light within us, It is our responsibility to shine this light and this love onto others because it is through God's grace that we found ourselves, that we found this light within us. And now we got to like turn on everyone else's light, right? And how do we do that? We don't do it by pushing our dogma or religion onto people or our judgments, Who are we to pass judgment on others? Who are we to know how they handle a situation or not? You may not be in that experience or have experienced that. It is through love and compassion that we are able to really share all of God's love. You know, enlightenment, this true, uh, I guess the salvation of Jesus, right? The, The love of God is alive. But it's only alive if we keep it alive, right? We are the walking manifestation of God's love. So we have to recognize and walk this way so that we can continue to show this love onto others. You know, I'm going to end with this, the... You know, the kingdom of God is said to be a treasure that someone finds and then hides in a field. You see, we're all born with the knowing that God's treasures are within us, but we forget. And so we go through life and we have these experiences that slowly remind us of this truth. Sometimes they're disguised in difficult times. Others, they're disguised in the beauty and the love and the true joy of God's love. But the true treasure is already within us, which is God's love. When you experience this, you know that there is no greater treasure. When you have really experienced God's love, And I'm talking about experience, right? Not just me telling you about it or Danny preaching about it or you reading it in a book. No, you have felt God's love. And if you have not yet, continue to practice. Continue to meditate and pray on this and ask God to show you. When you have really felt this for yourself, you know that there is no greater treasure out there Nothing can amount to this love. No job, no person, no material thing can fulfill you in the way that God's love can. You see, but we put conditions on our happiness. We put conditions on what gives us peace. We're the ones that say, oh, this will make me happy or this won't. Those of you who maybe follow or know me or follow me, I'm very open about how much I love this man. Um, And you can see why. But I fell even more in love with him when we went through this experience because there was not a day that went by that he was not loving, that he was not grateful to be alive, that he was not happy (laughs) i mean he would smile when he was in pain and i would be the one probably crying and like oh no i can't believe this is happening to us but he would remind me all the time that we are okay because we trust in god and it's his will if you constantly look outside of yourself you're not going to find this peace, this true strength of God's love. It's only found within. You see, when you only see the muck, you might miss the lotus. But if you're mindful, you'll be able to touch the core of the lotus within the muck. Once you are capable of touching the core, you will not mind the coming and going of the muck. You won't mind the ups or the downs. You won't be afraid of not seeing the end or the beginning. Because now you are capable of becoming the lotus. Let me pray for you. Oh God, we are so thankful to be here today. To be in your presence. God, we ask that you continue to show us your mercy and your love. We ask you to continue to show us how we can surrender more, even if it is difficult. We ask you, God, to continue to embrace us with your love, to allow us to open ourselves up enough to truly see the truth within ourselves so that we can see the truth within all that is around us. God, we thank you for every moment you have placed us in everything that we have gone through and all that we will go through. God, in this moment, we honor and we accept you truly by letting go of our own desires and connecting ourselves to you. May we continue to feel this peace, your love, and your mercy. In your name, amen. Thank you all so much. We love you, and we're so grateful for you. Have a great day. Happy Sunday, everyone.